Hello, John from the Lib Dem Podcast here. We are delighted to say that this episode is sponsored by Prater Reigns. Now more than ever, you need a professional-looking online presence and website. Prater Reigns have been helping Liberal Democrat campaigns succeed for 18 years. Their Lib Dem Foci package combines a website, social media and email system to help Lib Dems win. You'll receive great support from real people, fair pricing and a huge range of features to choose from. Prater Reigns are already the bespoke developers for Lighthouse, Lib Dem Draw Online and the LD Directory. They combine a talented system design with an unrivaled understanding of our party, our data and our systems. To find out more, check out the Prater Reigns website at praterains.co.uk slash liberal-democrats. Now, on with the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem Podcast. My name is John Potter and we are delighted to have the new chair of the LGBT uh, Liberal Democrats, Gareth Lewis Shelton. Uh, um, Welcome to the podcast, Gareth. Thanks, John. I'm really pleased to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation. And I suppose I've got to say congratulations first on, on becoming chair. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pleased and I'm looking forward to seeing what we're able to do with, with our term. Like all the other um, organisations we've had on the podcast, um, obviously, first and foremost, we should never just assume everyone knows uh, what the organisation is for. So give us your two minute pitch on what the LGBT um, Lib Dems do. Okay, so the LGBT plus Lib Dems um, were founded in 1988 and it changed its name in 2011 to its current name. And the whole point is to fight for LGBT rights and representation both within the party and also more externally as well. So I think the way that a lot of you know, people in the, in the group think of, of ourselves is that we are a critical friend to the party and we're also helping develop policy and campaigning for, for the, you know, moving forward. So, so we've sort of got that, that double prong to, to what we do. And if you want to find uh, information about uh, the organisation, you've got a Facebook page, you're on Twitter, Instagram, website. Anything else I've missed there? No, that, that's everything. And so, yeah, lgbt.libdems.org.uk. And one of the things that our new exec really wants to focus on is reaching out and getting lots of new members and lots of new people involved. So if you haven't joined yet, you can join for as little as £5. So I would really encourage you to get involved. Um, we hope to have lots of things coming up that will be very useful to you. Um, so yeah, definitely join or get involved if you haven't done so already. And we're going to talk about some of the things, some of your plans, some of your account. But let's talk about the current state of play at the moment. So what are um, the current issues, campaigns that your group is kind of pushing within the Lib Dems? So, um, I mean, it's been a tricky time for the group. And people may have noticed that for the last, um, you know, few months, we've, we've been a bit dormant. Um, and, you know, there's been issues of, you know, uh, Ooh, can't even summarise it in a in a really concise way. Um, but, Internal you know, um, discussions. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had um, some some difficulties, and um, there's only our, our our election for our 2020 exec only took place a couple of months ago. So we're all brand new here, or a lot of us are brand new here. Um, but I think the things that uh, you know that we want to focus on going forward. I mean, there are so many things going on in the world at the moment that affect LGBT people, just as there always have been. Um, but you know, I don't know if, if people would have seen um, recently. There's a story in Pink News this morning 
about with Public Health England's restructuring, what happens to PrEP and what happens to how, you know, how our public health systems handle HIV. Like, that's a new problem. Um, and there's also, you know, the chronic problem of uh, stigma and discrimination against trans people, which I think, you know, a lot of people will have noticed over the last few months or, or you know, years. Actually, that's becoming really nasty, and it, we're, we're at risk of stepping backwards in terms of equality rather than moving forwards. And so, you know, those are just two areas which are, are huge issues, um, you know, just in the UK. And do you think, is Lib Dem policy where it needs to be in terms of uh, LGBT plus rights? Do we have the right policies but need to shout about them more? Where, where are the Lib Dems? How do you view the Lib Dems at the moment? So I think that the Lib Dems as a party are probably the best party for LGBT rights. But I think one of the things that we, we always need to be conscious of, and I suppose this applies to all sorts of different policy areas, is that you can't be complacent. Policy challenges change all the time. And, you know, what was really good in 2017 or 2019 won't be good in 2024. And we need to be thinking five years ahead. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think I look at, you know, the uh, Lib Dem manifesto and think, good God, we're dreadful on this. Mm -hmm. But I, I wouldn't feel confident in saying that, you know, we're always, we're not, we're not automatically ahead of the game. And, uh, you know, that, that's the job of, of our group to, to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, yeah, yeah. I suppose you're right. Like any issue, you, you, you can't be complacent to it. You can't be, I mean, I mean, how many people... Uh, have assumed that you know, on race issues, you know, and things like that. And you, you see that when things like the Black Lives Matter comes up, that a lot of people can drift and take something for granted. And I suppose the LGBT uh, plus Lib Dems don't want to take anything for granted because it's like I say, it's very easy for things to slip. Um, and I suppose that's what you're, that's what you're saying there. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things, um, you know, over the last couple of elections, um, the party generally has lost some trust, hasn't it? Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not, not going to go into details, um, but there have certainly been moments in our recent general elections where our reputation as the unquestionable, you know, 100% steadfast ally of LGBT people has been called into question, and I don't think we've recovered from that. So we need, we need to do a lot of work still there. Do, do, do you think then Lib Dem HQ has taken it a little bit for granted, the LGBTQ uh, uh, vote, um, and doesn't, and just assume, because, I mean, there are lots of gay Lib Dems that I know and I'm friends with, and, you know, uh, like I said, we have two um, people from your, uh, from the group who are councillors in Preston, you know, out, out of our nine. So, but do you think we take it a little bit for granted that this support is naturally going to come our way? I don't think so, actually, to be fair. And, you know, I know lots of people who work in HQ and have been involved with leadership campaigns and all sorts of, you know, lots of people who, who, who I, I think we can count on do not take it for granted. But I think it's the case with so many things facing a, a small party and even big ones as well. The party is split in so many directions that actually, um, unless you've got, you know, people whose job it is just to focus on this, it's hard to keep moving forward. And I think, you know, especially this year when, you know, the group has been in limbo, we've not been able to help fulfill that function. Um, but I've been really encouraged and pleased. You know, lots of people have reached out to me since my election saying, you know, I know that maybe we haven't been as good on this as we, we should be. And I really want to work with you on that. So I don't think it's a matter of taking it for granted. I think it, it's, a, it's, an open, it's a capacity problem. 
Okay, and I'm going to kind of flip the question a little bit. Okay. Do you think do you think the public take it for granted that issues that might seem of great importance uh, to the LGBT plus community and Lib Dems have championed yet haven't got traction in the in like say a general election because people are now used to LGBT communities. They're now used to a rainbow flag flying outside on Pride Month, etc. Do you think that's a problem? Um, what do you mean? So do, do you, I think it's a problem that the public sort of are, are bored of these issues, do you mean? Well, not, not bored is probably, is probably a bit... I was thinking it's just not high on the agenda anymore. You know, you, you know I mean, it's never going to be up there probably with, with the NHS or, or mm. something like that. But do you think there's a general acceptance now? Well, you know, the LGBT community, what more do they want from uh, a general yeah. public point of view? Yeah, I get what you mean. I think, you know, with the passing of same-sex marriage, you know, I think, you know, there are some people who think, well, you know, they, they got same-sex marriage, what more could they possibly want? And I, I think you're right, there probably is a small current of that. Um, but um, I, I think, you know, one of the, the cases that we still have to keep making is, you know, there is still unfinished business. Um, so, you know, even since the passing of same-sex marriage, there's still been all sorts of, of problems. So Stonewall did a really big review in 2016, um, and, and, you know, lots of other organisations have done big reviews since. Um, and, um, you know, there are disparities in mental health, there are disparities in access to social care, there are disparities, you know, in all sorts of different areas, which having same-sex marriage doesn't solve. And so we, we've still got unfinished business, I think, is, is a case that may need to be made to the general public. And to the party, actually. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things, and I think uh, the Labour Party is going through a similar thing as well, where, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we're not winning because we're not talking about bread and butter issues, which mm. sometimes is dog whistled for, well, just don't mention LGBT people or black people or women, you know, just, just forget about them. Um, which I don't think is always how people mean it, but I think it's often the accidental implication, if nothing else. Um, and I think, you know, we need to keep making the case that, you know, equalities issues are bread and butter issues. They're not nice frivolities. They're, they are really serious and material to lots and lots of people. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get right back to the group now. Now, you said the, the group had been dormant for a bit of time. And I can, uh, so a councillor in our group um, joined uh, and then left because he didn't see there wasn't much happening. He didn't see what he was getting for his money, etc. So, what what's your plan to kind of change that? Yeah, I mean, I completely empathise with that. So, I've been a party member since I think 2011, or it may be 2000. I think I let my membership lapse for one year and then joined. So, I've got two start dates. <laughs> I'm not sure which one's the best one to use. Um, and I I never really got involved with the group either. Um, and I've always thought that, you know, a lot of the people in, in the group, you know, historically and presently, you know, I think it's a group with a lot of integrity. I think it's a group that has been, always been run by people with principle who, you know, are, are, are very serious um, uh, about, you know, about the causes that really, really need advocating. Um, I only joined the group last year with the view to, to joining and, and doing more reaching out. Um, because, and I, I think that, you know, that, that's true to my experience in the party generally and, and generally what I do in, in life. Uh, I'm, I'm all about reaching out as a person and listening and building those relationships. 
So um, I, I fully empathise with with your colleagues who have felt that, that there hasn't been a reason to join. And so um, we have got some things in the pipeline to to, to hopefully change people's minds. Um, so you may be aware that um, Manchester Pride is coming up soon and Pride Cymru as well. Um, and so we want to be putting on some events in the next couple of weeks to coincide with those. Um, I ran similar for London Lib Dems in uh, was it late June, early July, late June, I think, um, for when London Pride would have been. Um, we had a panel discussion and we had a quiz in the evening, which, you know, they're just little things, but events are a really good way to get people together and to, to raise those issues and build those relationships. So, so that's what I've done in London. It's what I plan to do in Manchester and Wales and everywhere else across the country when we get round to it. Um, so that's just a starting point. But in addition to that, you know, when I was campaigning for chair, um, I spoke to almost 100 people, I think, about, you know, what they would want to see out of PLUS. And some of them were former members, some of them were current members, you know, all sorts of different relationships to the group. And there were some things that really stuck out, which I think we're all quite determined to, to deliver. I think, you know, the, 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 the new exec, whether they're returning members or new members, I think there's, there's a consensus that we want to be reaching out much more. Um, and, you know, that's helping people plan their Pride events or their LGBT History Month events or, you know, an LGBT spin on Black History Month. Um, you know, there, there's that really basic stuff. Um, but also there's support that people want for candidates and would-be candidates in elections and selections. Um, you know, those are big areas that we want to focus on. Um, and there's lots of stuff like that that we want to be doing, whether it's in training, events, packs, you know, the sort of stuff that, you know, organisations like the Young Liberals manage to do, you know, as a matter of routine, we want to be building that system as well. Um, and one of the other things which may be particularly relevant to your colleagues is I've spoken to a couple of councillors who have asked, well, what are we meant to do at a local government level? Like, I get what we're meant to do. You know, if we, win a gov if we win a majority in Parliament, we can legislate for this and we can spend this. But what actually does practical campaigning for LGBT rights look like on the ground? So one of the things I'm hoping to convene at the end of August, early September, um, and it will likely be a series of events, is sort of um, a forum for LGBT councillors, just where we can share best practice and share ideas. Um, because I think, you know, the, the way that it is, you know, for Lib Dem activists and councillors is there are lots of people always having lots of really good ideas, but our challenge sometimes is in those ideas spreading across the rest of the country. So that, I think, you know, we've got a facilitation role because I'm, I'm confident that actually a lot of people do have some really good ideas. And do you see also as a role going forward as a kind of a support network as well? Uh, so again, I can talk about uh, my group. Daniel came out as a... Um, uh, uh, a trans person. Um, he, so he's came out twice. He came out first um, as a as a as a gay person, and then now as a trans person. Um, and you know, luckily he got nothing but support from council officers, from opposition parties, um, got on the local uh, news and radio and stuff like that. But I can imagine that was extraordinarily um, kind of brave for Daniel to make that. And actually having a support network around that he knows he could go to would probably be really important. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something we would love to do. And I think, you know, this is one of the things that we hope to get out of these forums in particular, finding out what support people want. Because, you know, so often it's easy to say, well, I would personally want this, so here you are, you can have this, which actually, okay, you're never gonna use it. 
Um, so actually having those conversations and just connecting people is a really important place to start. Um, you know, I'd love us to be in a position where we could offer, you know, structured mentoring, but I'm conscious that, you know, our term is only till the end of this year. So that may end up as a next year project. Um, but I would really, really like to build a, 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 an ecosystem, as it were, of LGBT counsellors and activists and groups and MPs when we get them, um, you know, um, where everyone feels supported and that we're facilitators either providing stuff or connecting people to other people. I think that's definitely the, the direction that, that we want to and we should be moving in. Because the party, National Party, does have obviously programmes to help people from diverse backgrounds, you know, future women's kind of groups and, you know, future potential leaders and stuff like that. Do you think more has to be done in terms of helping people from the LGBT plus communities to help them stand as a candidate? Yeah, I think so. And I think it isn't just standing as a candidate itself, but it's also going for selection. So mm. I'll be honest and I say I don't have an accurate data set with me of how many people stood to be selected or, or stood as candidates um, recently. But I, I think, you know, anecdotally, the number probably isn't very high, you know, um, whilst we've, you know, got some, some stars who we can, you know, name and notice, um, you know, I wouldn't be confident that actually it was as, I wouldn't be confident that our selection and election process is as diverse as me what we uh, as we might want when it comes to LGBT people. So um, yeah, I think that's definitely something we we want to improve. Do you think that's an age thing? I mean, I mean, not to be blunt, that all political parties generally are quite old and quite white and mm. quite straight. If we're if we're being blunt, you know, I was first elected when I was twenty seven. Um, so that, oh, wow, that's nearly that's ten years now. Um, but you know the even just being my age at the time was seen as absolutely, you know, as a rarity in, a, in local government. The fact that that's the part of the problem is the age demographic still of a Liberal Democrat is, is, is old, white and straight. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think that, I think that that will be part of it. But I think, you know, it's also important to remember that people can come out at any age. Mm, um, and actually, true. you know, just because someone, we've always thought they were straight, doesn't, doesn't mean that they are, that they were cis, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be comfortable making such a blanket statement. But it's, <laughs> it's likely a contributory factor. Yeah. So, so we've talked about kind of some of the issues you want to bring forward within the group, some of the challenges you want. Is there also a kind of I, I, should we be doing more about campaigning about a kind of a a global issue of some of the the problems faced by the LGBT uh, plus community? For example, um, we've seen particularly authoritarian. Uh, regimes pop up around the world and what should be our response locally so I'm just going to give an example so um, you've, you've got these kind of gay free zones in places like Poland um, mm. where now should Preston City Council end their twinning association because it uh, with with an area because of it I mean that's the, the is that something we should be doing on a local level thing okay what are we what can we do here to help the LGBT communities around the world mm, that's a really good question so i definitely think that you know all politics ultimately you know takes place you know we're in a very connected world i don't think we can turn our our eyes to you know away from problems just because they're happening in a different country and i think you know as liberals you know a lot of us have that view that you know justice is a global and universal thing um 
I don't know if I would necessarily recommend any specific courses of action. I think, you know, obviously um, I'm not an, an international relations expert. <laughs> um, I don't know if, you know, uh, cutting off your ties to a town um, would be effective or, or necessarily send the right message. And I think that's a really difficult issue when it comes to, you know, international relations like that, isn't it? Where, you know, it is that, you know, the, the two prongs, aren't there? Of do you, do you sanction or do you try to keep building relationships and be that friend? And, and I suppose it, it wouldn't be for me to say what to do, but I definitely would say we should be turning our focus on injustice wherever it is at all levels. Um, yeah. I, I, would, I would very much encourage that. And I think even if it makes no difference in Poland, I think it sends a message to the LGBT people in your community that yeah. you're on their side. And I think that's that's a message, you know, especially with, you know, for trans people at the moment, you know, this horrible media and online environment often sending mm. a message that you're on trans people's side. I think it's just an imperative for all of us. Now, and I'm glad you've raised that because that's where I was going next. I mean, the trans issue seems to be the one that's getting the most attention. Obviously, Labour decided to stay silent on the gen on whether we should reform the Gender Recognition Act because they just don't want to get into that argument. That, for me, they're showing a little bit of cowardice by just not grasping that issue, while the Lib Dems have come out very strongly in saying, you know, trans rights are human rights and, and whatnot. So where, is that a battle that we're losing the public on, or are we, as Lib Dems, an outlier? How do you feel about that at the moment? I think it's one of those things, isn't it, where how things feel and look right now might not actually be indicative of where things really are or where they're going. So I'm an optimist inherently, you know, I will always say, well, we're, we're definitely winning. It's definitely going to happen eventually. And I think, you know, whilst I've previously said that, you know, same sex marriage isn't the be all and end all, there was a time not too long ago where it looked like an utterly impossible thing and attitudes towards gay people, which, you know, you know, just completely different to what they are now. And there are those moments in history where things just suddenly change and there are all sorts of different reasons for that. Um, and so, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we're definitely winning the argument for trans rights as human rights right now, um, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be pessimistic or cynical um, because I don't think that helps us. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, there is, there is, there are definitely people in politics, in the media, online, who are just hostile. And actually, they're almost not worth engaging with. But I think that most people in the country, actually, if you talk to them and you talk to them about, you know, the, the, the people, people's need and, you know, right to live in dignity, I think that's a really powerful argument for a lot of people. And actually, gradually and gradually will change their minds and, and build, build not just tolerance, but genuine acceptance. And do you think, I mean, this is, this is not meant to be a kind of a snotty phrase, but I think people just need a bit of education on the issue. And I, I said, I don't mean that as a condescending because we had, what I said, when Daniel came out as trans in our group, um, we had a, a general discussion about what does that mean for um, kind of feminist rights versus trans rights and all the rest of it. And, and, and not like I say, out of no kind of, there was no aggro or anything like that. It was generally people wanting to know where where they sit on it. I mean, a classic example for me, I'm very into my, my rugby. And so there's a lot of discussion going on in rugby now about whether a trans player 
should they be allowed to play? So a, a trans man playing in a, in, a, in a female team, sorry, a trans woman playing in a female team um, and how that should work uh, and, and whether it should be yes, absolutely, or the caveats. It, you can understand that a lot of these things bring up complications, that it's not automatically straightforward what the answer is, or is it? I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the, the parallels, and obviously it's, it's different, but I still think it's a really relevant parallel. You know, there have been so many studies which show that telling people about gay people doesn't change their mind about them. But once someone says, oh, well, I've got a gay uncle, actually the, the perspective just changes massively. And I think, you know, that, that would be, so I suppose I wouldn't, I wouldn't lean on, I wouldn't rely on education, but mm. I think actually the more visible we all are, whether it's in standing up for people or being out, and obviously that's a personal decision for everyone, um, I think gradually as people say, oh, actually, I know a trans person, I know a bi person, actually, it completely changes their perspective. So yes. I think there's going to be a gradual change in this front. And I think that those personal relationships are more powerful for than, than education itself. But I think one of the things, you know, at the same time that I think is absolutely, you know, rancid is, you know, the, the, the thing that happens in the media often and, um, you know, I think the media is a great tool for good as well, but this is one particular thing that I, I find really obnoxious and horrible. And you find it also, you know, with black people around Black Lives Matter, people having, you know, coming on air to justify their own existence to a hostile panel. You know, that's something that's really odious. And I think that's something we should be calling out as well, that, you know, it's just dehumanizing to do that to people. Um, but yeah, those personal relationships, I, I think are really powerful agents for change. So I suppose now, as we start to come near the end of our discussion, is kind of so. What's next for you? What's you know? What's the in your immediate to-do list? Okay, so my immediate to-do list is to sort out Manchester Pride and Pride Cymru. You know, they're they're only a week and a half away, so we definitely want to have those events up online. Start telling everyone about them. Um, and in addition to that, we want to be reaching out, or now I want to be reaching out, particularly over the next week or so to all of the different AOs and SAOs introducing us uh, building those relationships because I think you know there is a real consensus in the party now I think that the fight for justice has to be intersectional so you know I want to be reaching out to LDCRE, LDRDC, Live Down Women, Campaign for Gender Balance, the Disability Association, everyone um, and obviously Young Liberals of course um, reaching out to them and seeing what we can do jointly together and I think especially with you know the huge huge local elections coming up next year you know the more money that we can collectively raise to support candidates from different backgrounds um, you know I think that's a really pressing issue and I think you know we'll have to work together you know all of us with various groups um, to, to really make a difference so um, those those are my top two things as well as you know putting on some other events as well just to just to get to know our members because we've got 300 um, but uh, there was a, 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 a diversity study of the party last year I think um, which found that 18% of members identified as LGBT which you know with 120,000 members that means that, you know, there's potentially like two and a half thousand. My maths is terrible. That may be off by several hundred. Um, you know, we, we, we could be ten times bigger potentially. So, you know, that really... Uh, and is, that's what is, we found with other AOs as well, is the fact that, you know, whether that's the Association of Engineers, etc., where we know 
there are far more members who have a, a passion for engineering and science, et cetera, than mm. actually a member of these AOs uh, where, where you will be the people to drive policy, to drive campaigns into the party. So um, I suppose a final message for us is if you're interested, go check out the Facebook page, go check out the website, do join if you can. Like I say, there are discretionary rates uh, for people who, who are struggling on things like that. Um, and I just want to say thank you very much for your time today. Uh, it's been a fantastic discussion and, and congratulations yeah. again on your new role. Thank you so much and thanks so much for having me. I've, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. So um, that's the Lib Dem podcast for this episode. If you want to catch any previous episodes, you can do. They're all available to download at your normal podcast provider. We're also on YouTube and Facebook, so you can watch this if, you, if the audio experience isn't enough for you. And you can follow with all the latest news and ongoings with the podcast of at Lib Dem Pod. Uh, like I say, my name is John Potter. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back with another episode very soon.